This past week, we said goodbye to two people who really made a difference in our world. Those two people are Bill Russell and Nichelle Nichols. Bill Russell was a champion, not just on the basketball court, but he was a champion in life. He led the Celtics to 11 uh, NBA championships in 13 seasons. He took a kind of a no-name college to two NCAA championships in 56 and 57. I didn't re- know this until he died that he's the, kind of, he's the guy that kind of started the whole uh, defensive move of blocking shots. Yeah, when he was playing ball for Boston, he uh, jumped up and blocked a shot, and his coach says, no, a good defensive player never leaves his feet. And so Bill Russell changed the entire look of a, uh, of a defensive uh, play. But his legacy is not so much what he did on the uh, basketball court. It's what he did in life. His legacy is that he chipped away, and at times he shattered racial prejudices and discriminations. He said this, I did what I thought I could do to help change it, to change the world. He marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He uh, boycotted a game in Louisville when he and uh, his black teammates were uh, told in a Louisville restaurant that they would not be served. He, uh, after the assassination of Medgar Evers in Mississippi, he went to Jackson and he, along with uh, Medgar's brother, opened up an integrated basketball camp in that place of a, a hotbed for the KKK. David Robinson played for uh, San Antonio Spurs and upon Bill Russell's death, Robinson said, it is very easy to hide your head in the sand. When you make money and things are going well for you, you don't want to risk it. But Bill Russell was willing to put everything on the line to use his position to move our society forward. In the um, Boston City Plaza, there's a tribute to Bill Russell. You see him and two statues of, of kids. And those two statues of the kids represents his commitment to uh, the National Mentoring Partnership. And when at the time that this was uh, presented and dedicated, Bill Russell was asked what he wanted his legacy to be. He said that I cared about the children and the country in a meaningful way. Written on the block uh, next to where the statue of the girl is standing is a quote from Bill Russell. Never go out there to see what happens. Go out there to make something happen. A difference maker, somebody that had an impact on our life. And then there is uh, Nichelle uh, Nichols, better known as Lieutenant Hura. Does anybody else besides Gary and John and I know who they are? Yeah. She too broke racial barriers and stereotypes, and the biggest line that she crossed, yeah. And, when Lieutenant Uhura and Captain James T. Kirk locked lips, my gosh, it was a ripple effect all across the country, especially in the South. There were several television stations in the South that just refused to show this episode 
of an interracial kiss. Now, this episode aired only a year after the Supreme Court's uh, decision in Loving versus Virginia, in which the, the court struck down state laws against interracial marriage. So it was a hot topic for sure. Michelle had planned on leaving Star Trek after her first year, but she attended a, an NAACP meeting and happened to meet and visit with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who told her in no uncertain terms, you cannot do that. You cannot leave Star Trek, and this is why. Don't you understand what this man, the creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, has achieved? For the first time, we, the black population of the country, are being seen the world over as we should be seen. He goes on, this is a God-given opportunity to change the face of television. I like this, change the way we think. We are no longer second-class, third-class citizens. Roddenberry had to do it in the 23rd century, but it's the 20th century that's watching. Yeah, he, Gene Roddenberry just took us into another world of, of peace and equality. Gene Roddenberry said about Dr. King talking lieutenant to her and disdain, God bless Dr. Martin Luther King. Someone sees what I'm trying to achieve. When Denise and I watched this episode on the news this past week, I asked Denise, oh my gosh, where was the church in this? Why was Hollywood taking the lead on creating an equal and a just society? Why didn't the church have a voice? Why didn't the church use a voice in these hot times of discrimination? Why was it Hollywood? And that wise Denise, she said, well, at that time, all of the church people, all the pastors were saying Hollywood is just a bunch of liberals. (laughs) And she was exactly right. I don't know why I don't know why equality and justice and integration and a lack of an absence of a, a desire for to remove discrimination was not a value of the church. It was not a value of the church in which I was raised. It may have been different for, for you. Well, JFK, President Kennedy said, One person can make a difference and everyone should try it. I'm thinking, well, I'm not Bill Russell by a long shot. And I'm not uh, Nichelle Nichols by a long shot. But you are you. And you can make a difference. So today in our series of Summer Vacation, we're talking about impact travel. It's a thing. It's to travel with the purpose of making a positive impact on the area that you're visiting and upon yourself. It's, a, it's becoming a mindful traveler. 
mindful of the people in the town where you're visiting, in the area you're visiting, mindful of the culture, respectful of that culture's ways, and even this, to be curious, to learn, and willing to change based upon what you learn. Mark Twain says it so well. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. Get out of that bubble. It's a big planet out there. Yeah. So making a difference is about this, two things. It's first of all how we see ourselves. It's the mirror principle that we talked about last week. And just ask yourself, do I see myself as a Bill Russell or a Michelle Nichols? Do I see myself as a difference maker? Hmm. Maybe not. This story helps me. Maybe it will you. After this, Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. Some call it Tiberias. A huge crowd followed him, attracted by the miracles they had seen him do among the sick. When he got to the other side, he climbed a hill and sat down, surrounded by his disciples. It was nearly time for the feast of the Passover, kept annually by the Jews. And when Jesus looked out and saw that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, well, 200 silver pieces would not be enough to buy bread for each person to get one piece. But one of the disciples, it was Andrew, brother of Simon Peter, said, there's a little boy over here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. And Jesus said, we'll make the people sit down. And there was a nice carpet of green grass in this place. They sat down, about 5,000 of them. And Jesus took the bread and having given thanks, gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish and all ate as much as they wanted. When the people had eaten their fill, he said to his disciples, gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. I like that, recycle, reuse. They went to work and filled 12 large baskets with leftovers from the five barley loaves. People realized that God was at work among them and what Jesus had just done. They said, gosh, this is the prophet for sure. God's prophet right here in Galilee. Jesus saw that in their enthusiasm that they were about to grab him and make him king. So he slipped off and went back up to the mountain to be by himself. You all remember talking about boundaries last week. Boundaries for the purpose of self-care. We build a boundary between ourselves and our schedule, ourselves and our shopping, our, ourselves and our social screen time, or maybe even ourselves and people. And this story starts with a boundary, and it ends with a boundary. There are about six times in the gospel accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus, in essence, said, 
you know, I love y'all, but, uh, you know, I just can't deal with you right now. And he went off by himself. I have learned that those are my favorite verses. <laughs> that it's okay to build a boundary. I love people so much, but there are times for all of us that we just need a little bit of a break. And so Jesus knew he had to take care of himself. And so he left to get away from the noise, to be by himself. But then the crowd showed up again, and of course they did. Now he could have turned them away. He could have said, okay, conference is over. Good luck on finding something to eat out here. But he didn't do that. Instead, he's, he said to his disciples, let's feed them. What have we got? And Andrew says, well, all we've got is a kid here with a lunchbox. I brought my trigger lunchbox. And somebody was nice enough two or three weeks ago to give me a peanuts lunchbox. Yes, I do receive gifts gladly. So I just want you to imagine the lunchbox you had when you were a kid. That was a lunchbox I had as a kid. And you've gone to this place with all these other adults. And you brought your lunch with you. And when Andrew says, all we've got is this little boy and his lunch, Jesus said, perfect. That's what we'll use. And like a good kindergarten teacher, Jesus had the whole crowd sit on that green carpet of grass. And the word sit literally means to lay down. So they reclined. It was nap time as well as lunch time. And Jesus took that little boy's lunch and he fed over 5,000 people. So the question is, Who in your mind made the difference in this account? Well, of course, Jesus did, right? If it weren't for Jesus, there would not have been the multiplication. But somebody else made a difference, too. That little boy with the lunch. When that little boy showed up in that big crowd of thousands of people, Probably nobody paid any attention to him. That little boy didn't matter. And then who could have imagined that that little boy's lunch that he had stuck in his trigger lunchbox, such a small thing would have been used to make such a big impact. And today you're that little boy. And what you have in your hands are a little lunch. Oh, no, I'm not a Bill Russell. I'm not a Michelle Nichols, but I'm a little boy. And I've got a lunch. But in addition to that, somewhere behind that little that story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 is a parent who that morning made a lunch for their child. 
behind this miracle that is recorded in all four of the storytellers of Jesus' life is a parent who does what every parent in every age and in every culture does for their children. They just took care of their kids. I want you to know that when you do the mundane things of life, when you just do the routines of life, could it be that in those routine behaviors and in those mundane acts, you're doing something that can be used to make a big difference? So see yourselves. You don't have to be a Bill Russell Six foot ten. You can be a little boy. Four foot two. And you can make a big difference. Secondly, though, I think making a difference depends on how we see others. Let's go back to John. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And of the four gospel writers, John is the only one that has this parentheses where he calls the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. Not sure why he did it, have no clue whatsoever. All I do know is that Tiberias was the name of a city close to the lake, and they named the lake after the city, that was built by King Herod about 10 years before Jesus started his public ministry. Herod was a representative of Rome. Tiberius was built for the purpose of uh, trade with the Gentile nations. Tiberius was also built upon a cemetery of Jewish people. So, for the Orthodox Jewish individual, it was considered an unclean area. I don't know why John included this name, but what I do know is that Tiberius was one of the most hated cities by the Jewish people in the land of Palestine. And John just reminds us of this miracle's location was around this area that was so hated by people. Now John often intentionally, or Jesus often intentionally goes to places where the enemy lives, where the other lives. People then in Jesus' day, just like people now in our day, saw the world very dualistically, us versus them. Some are in and some are out. But Jesus overcomes this dualistic mind, this dualistic thinking with a contemplative mind and a non-dual mind. Our minds were all primed to see the world in terms of us versus them. In fact, the moment we look at someone, we kind of size them up. Are you one of me or are you one of them? You one of my group or you one of that group? In fact, our bodies increase hormones that prime us to trust and listen to people that we perceive are part of our group. But our body releases hormones that prime us to fear and resist people 
that we think are a part of the other group. Have you ever noticed that it's easier to feel empathy for people in our group than it is for people in the other group? If somebody in our group, in my group, does something bad, does something wrong, I have a tendency to kind of give them a break. But if somebody in the other group does something bad, yeah, I figured that's just the way they are. So we have to fight against this dualism. We have to choose to see people differently than maybe the way our minds are wired. I think the solution to this dualistic mind is not just Jesus and the contemplative mind and the non-dual mind. I think, I think Lieutenant Uhura from Star Trek has the solution. When she was talking about that kiss with Captain Kirk, she said this, it, the kiss, changed the way people looked at each other. Is it possible that you and I can change the way we look at each other? Is it possible that we can change the way we look at people that we have said are the them in the other group? Maybe that's a religious group. Maybe it's a political group or a racial group. I don't think we're ever going to make an impact on this world until we change how we see people in the other group. How do we look at each other? If the first Europeans who arrived here on this land had looked into the face of the indigenous people and not seen savages, but instead had seen brothers and sisters. You think that would have changed how the indigenous people were treated? I think if first Europeans had looked at them, their faces, and seen a brother, a sister, a sibling, it would have been pretty hard, if not impossible, to enslave them, to cheat them, to steal from them, to attempt to exterminate them. If we would have seen them as brothers and sisters and siblings, maybe we could have worked together for a shared future. It's all a matter of how we see ourselves and how we see other people. I think, I think rock and roll gets it, maybe even better than the church has gotten it. And I was thinking about this teaching this week. I my mind went to a couple of songs. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. Baby brothers, you don't know me, but I'm your brother. Black eyed peas, one love, one blood, one people, one heart, one beat, we're equal. Connected like the internet, united, that's how we do. Let's break walls so we see through. Let's love and peace, let love and peace 
leads you. Maybe that's why so many preachers of the 60s preached against rock and roll music. I don't think it was about the sex drugs at all. I think it was about love and peace. They didn't want us to get into that. I think the churches so many times wanted to protect their exclusion and their us versus them mentality. You have in front of you, I believe, or maybe beside you, our end of the or middle of the year impact report in which we kind of list the people that we have served and what we have done in the areas of community service. And I want to focus a little bit not just on the impact of our service, and that is very inspirational. And as you read that, give yourself a hand on that because it's so encouraging what you're doing. But what we do, which is listed over here, comes out of who we are. We strive to be a gathering of people known for unapologetic love for everyone around us. So we are involved and invested in our community. We are all inclusive in every aspect, accepting and affirming of LGBTQ plus community. Who, what we do comes from who we are, how we see ourselves, and how we see others. At that NAACP meeting where Nicole or Nichelle saw Martin Luther King Jr. After they visited a little while, Martin Luther King Jr. told Nichelle, for the first time, we are being seen the world, all over the world, as we should be seen. So here's a practice that I began doing um, about 20 years ago, and I wish I were more consistent with it. But as I walk through my day, and as I, if I'm on the street or if I'm in a store or if I'm at a ball game or on the golf course or playing pickleball somewhere, whatever I'm doing, whoever I see, I mentally say to them, brother or sister or sibling. No matter who they are, no matter what politics they have or income they have, I am trying and in the best way I know possible, and there are probably better ways that I've not yet tried, but to reframe and retrain my mind to see people who are on the other side in the other group, politically or religiously, as a brother a sister, and a sibling. I think we can retrain our brain. So those are two things. See who you are and see who other people are. See yourself as a difference maker. See others as your brother, sister, your sibling, not your opponent. 
See, this is one. And then, okay, what can I do to actually make a difference? I want each of us to know that we've got a lunch box. It doesn't have to be very big. It can be something as small as what you have in your lunchbox right now. Let's pray. God, just help us today see ourselves as Jesus said we are light and salt. We carry within us the light of love and the salt of flavor that brings good things to life. Just pour on us today, on each individual who's hurting in this room, who's watching from their kitchen or their family room or wherever, the light of your acceptance and love infuse us with a feeling that matches the reality of our worth. Help us today to change how we see other human beings and other creatures in the creation around us. Forgive us for being so dualistic and dividing people that you have created into us and them. Give us eyes to see ourselves as loved. Give us eyes to see others as our brothers, sisters, and siblings. Help each one of us today look into our hands and see the lunchbox. How small it is, but how powerful an impact it can make. Give us opportunity, or rather awaken us to the opportunity that we have every day to speak a kind word and to impact somebody's spirit with an encouraging word. In the name of love, I pray, amen.